0: Everyone can expect a new-look offense in Oxford, Mississippi this year. Ole Miss is going to look differently than it has really over the last decade. We tell you how, we tell you why, and we tell you why that could be a good thing right after this. This thing Locked On Ole Miss podcast.
1: You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your
0: team, every day. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for joining us. You can go ahead and mash right there the Twitter handle as well. Today we're going to talk about why this offense is going to look differently moving forward and why that necessarily isn't a bad thing. But first, thank you for making the Locked On This podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications and new videos, which go up quite frequently, and, of course, upvote the video itself. Thank you very much for that. Anyway, this offense is probably going to more closely resemble what Rich Rod wanted to do in 2019 than anything else that we have seen in the last decade. Ever since Bo Wallace, to Chad Kelly, to even um, Shea Patterson, to Jordan Tamu, to Matt Corral, we've always been a quarterback-driven team over this past decade. And we have decided what type of football that was recognizable to us. What is the Ole Miss way? How does the Ole Miss way look? And if you change that, there could be hell to pay. Ask Rich Rod and Matt Luke in 2019. Even though Ole Miss led the SEC, or first or second in the SEC in rushing. 2020, first or second in the SEC in rushing. 2021 led the SEC in rushing. You see, there's a misconception amongst not just Ole Miss fans, but amongst every fan, that Lane Kiffin is a high-flying, air-raid type guy to where he's explosive in the passing game. And he is. But that is because of big plays that is built up by the running game. At his core, he is a student and a disciple of the Norm Chow system of offense. Even though we're running it operationally, the way that Baylor used to do it because he's evolved with the time, he is still thinking and looking at football in ways similar to the way he did in 2003 at USC, 2004 at USC, when Matt Leiner and Reggie Bush and Lindell White and all of those guys were making all kinds of plays. That is the lens in which he sees football. There's so much that comes from that Pete Carroll system. I know this because I recognize stuff that happens that nobody else talks about from when I was at Ole Miss with Ed Orgeron, who was doing a lot of the Pete Carroll stuff as well. So whenever I hear something, whenever I see something, all of a sudden it's like my ears perk up. And that is one of the reasons I think I'm so good at translating right now for everybody else. Everybody else is worried about what is said in a press conference. Press conference is useless. You might get two or three factoids in a press conference, but overall it's, pretty useless. Um, So whatever they're doing, whatever story they break, they might tell a story about a frat guy punter. Well, that's going to tell me two or three things about the team later on, because I understand that at the core of this Pete Carroll system, it is going to be all about winning. He's going to do whatever it takes to win football games. That's not a bad thing, folks. Now. This offense is going to rely on the running game, heavily. 65 or 70% of the plays will be running plays. Now, it will also rely on the defense, because if the defense is what we think they are, they can rely on them. And this goes back to Greg McElroy saying if Ole Miss can stop a nosebleed on defense, and just kind of sickening, Um, but, We'll talk about that in the second segment. We'll get into the defense in a little bit. But we're going to get into the running game right now. And the running game is important. you got Zach Evans, who I've told you for six months is an Adrian Peterson-level talent. And he looked really good against Troy. And this is against a team that was amped up to stop him. This is the thing. Ole Miss, he had 100 yards with 10 minutes to go in the second quarter. And the defense was keying on him. He was the story of this team. All of John Sumrall and that Army defensive coordinator that has been so good about what they do, because they do things a little bit differently. But you also take the John Sumrall K- Kentucky stuff, the Mark Stoops stuff, and they've melded it together a pretty good unit defensively. And... They have one of the top tacklers in the country. They have an All-American player. They are a decent team defensively. He had 100 yards with 10 minutes to go in the second quarter. And if he'd have played the whole game, he would have ended up with 250. It would have looked like those old Oklahoma games. But as it was, he was 20 for 130 in the game. And then Quinchon Judkins was like 12 for 87. And those two players... Have a chance to be oh so special, in the pantheon of Ole Missness, those two have a chance to be really good, and I'm excited about it. I really am excited about it because of what it means. It means that Lane Kiffin understands that 21 out of 22 positions he has exactly what he wants, but that 22nd position, that quarterback position. It's all about trying to maximize that position. I've told you in the last couple of weeks that how he maximizes that quarterback position will determine what this team looks like in 2023 and how important that is. He has a chance to do that. Now, he needs to develop them, and every rep matters. That's the reason I said I don't necessarily agree with what he's doing with the quarterback. For Jackson Dart or Luke Altmyer, every rep matters. It's not about saving tread on the tires or anything like that with these quarterbacks. Whoever is going to play needs to play because they need to see that third and seven against Central Arkansas. They need that third and 12 against Troy and see that defense because it will serve as a greater scout team when SEC teams, and they're in that exact same situation, When Jackson Dart, after he threw his interception against Troy, do you think he learned something about looking at a receiver that time? Just looking down a receiver and safety comes over? Because you can't get away with that in the SEC. And you won't get away with that in the SEC. So you need to learn those lessons in a game that you can win, even making those mistakes. So I'm of the opinion, the first starter, in that Troy in that Troy game if you have Troy in Central Arkansas the first starter is the is, is the guy. So I I'm not going to be on board with this quarterback situation. Now, it might all work out. He might get exactly what he wants and it could make the quarterback room better. But seeing this in real time, I just don't understand exactly why that needs to happen. Now, I understand that he likes the kids and everything's going on and he wants to do right by them. I Get that. But for doing right by Ole Miss, which is what I actually care about, I don't know about it. Again, he makes $8 million to make hard decisions. And decisions that will help Ole Miss down the road. So being questioned on how he's handling the quarterback, it should be the least of anybody's concern. So that's just my opinion about that. Anyway... I do want to tell you about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your season—it's underdog fantasy and their pick'em game for college football. Just look up, look for your favorite rebels' stats, and pick whether or not you think they'll end up with a higher or lower number than that in this week's game. And you can win up to 20 times your money on a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile, app, mobile apps. Pick between two and five players for your pick 'em slip. Get all of your picks right, and you'll take home some cold, hard cash. It's simple to get started. Just head to UnderdogFantasy.com or download the app. Sign in with promo code LOCKED ON. That's two words, LOCKED ON. And Underdog will double your first deposit of $100, up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. That is Underdog Fantasy. Promo code LOCKED ON. Two words. Anyway, I want to thank everybody for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including iTunes and Spotify. Please leave us a five-star review on there. Rate and review us there. You can say whatever you want to say. Just make sure it's a five-star review. That'll help others find the show in the future, which is what we really want to happen anyway. And... Um, It might not be your cup of tea, but it could be somebody. So leave a five-star review. and say whatever you want to say. Thank you very much about that. Now, in the first segment, we talked about this new Luke offense that's going to happen this year. I think it's going to surprise people, but we have a chance to be really good offensively, and that is with quarterback questions. It absolutely blows my mind. But is our defense really good? That is the question, because people are going to freak out because Troy threw for 275, mainly because they were down by four scores for most of the day. Um, but they ran for 60. They did good running the ball. Now, we talked to Josh Boutwell last week about the Troy Trojans. And he said that they were going to do things similar to what UAB did last year. And what Chad Morris, um, Arkansas did with Joe Craddock as being the offensive coordinator there. And you saw that in a reliance on running the ball. They really tried to recreate the Alabama game plan from last year offensively, and they just wanted to play murder ball. But the difference is they didn't have the boys to do it. And I don't know if that is because of who that we have on the defensive line or where they sit as a run offense. Because if you remember correctly, Troy was an air raid team last year. So it's a little bit of a system transition, and you know me. I'm all about the system. No matter what system you're in, you need to try and maximize that. If you are a passing pro-style quarterback, do not go to Navy. Is the whole thing. It's like Troy Aikman signed with Oklahoma when they ran the wishbone. That is not a system fit. Troy Aikman ended up going to UCLA, ended up being drafted first overall. But the fact that he went to Oklahoma, not a system fit. There's certain players, no matter what you want to do, you are better fits for what they do. Find them. Once you find them, you can get in there and maximize your ability and potentially get yourself ready for the NFL draft. Now, Ole Miss defensively is doing some really neat things to me. One thing that I noticed from Saturday's game was that The way they were using Kari Coleman, which, by the way, perfect, chef's kiss. He did a fantastic job. Five TFLs, two sacks, in his Ole Miss debut. We had questions about his ability to play linebacker. We got those questions a little bit answered. Now, one of the reasons is they are kind of using him as a hybrid. If you watch the game, go back and rewatch the game. Kari Coleman lined up at a linebacker position, at a will linebacker position, and as a defensive end. So Ole Miss alternated between a 3-3-5, a 3-2-6, and a 4-2-5. And a lot of that depending on where Kari Coleman was and where Otis Reese was. Because Otis Reese is playing box safety and essentially playing a linebacker. He's like 220 pounds this year. So that gives you some flexibility, him and Kari Coleman moving up. So that's three defenses that you have the personnel to run. And as far as three defense, So you can have the same personnel group come out there. And you don't even know what the defense is going to be. This is a pretty cool thing by Chris Partridge. This is a really cool thing by Chris Partridge, in my opinion. And... I think this is something that you will see Ole Miss pull off in the future. You will see them get more exotic as the competition level rises up. And I'm very, very, very excited for what Kari Coleman, Otis Reese, and all those guys. Troy Brown played a good game. He was a tackling machine in the Chance Campbell role. Kari Coleman... Played a little bit of that Mark Robinson role, but also played a little bit of that Sam Williams role. There is some stuff that it looks a little bit different. Nobody is talking about it. Maybe nobody saw, nobody paid attention, nobody had a discerning eye on it. But that is an interesting thing for me. So pay attention to that against Central Arkansas. Where Kari Coleman lines up, you'll see him at three different positions. He excels at all of them. He's an undersized defensive end that does really well in pass situations, but he's an excellent A-gap blitzer in the 3-2-6 and handling the middle of the field. 3-3-5, there's different places you can line him up. It's really cool. Pay attention to what is going on there. I'm pretty excited about what I saw from Kari Coleman and J.J. Piqueze in the first game. Now, Katie Hill, he's the dude. Um... Jared Ivey, the dude. He had, a, he had a good game as well. Had a sack in game one. Cedric Johnson played pretty well as well. The defense as a whole played pretty well. Um, David Davis and Igmanosin. Um Taishim Johnson ended up with um, like 12 tackles. So you'll see him making plays as he could, is a super athlete, essentially playing off the line of scrimmage. Aishem Young had a fumble recovery. Miles Battle and interception. They played a ton of people because Lane Kiffin is handling this first set of games almost like an NFL preseason. And this is no disrespect to Troy. This is no disrespect to Central Arkansas. But if Olmes has a chance to see some things and do some things, not just at the quarterback position, but even on the defensive side of the ball, they will take that opportunity whenever they're playing. Um, and Troy provided that opportunity. Hopefully Central Arkansas will provide that opportunity, and then the level will ratchet up with Georgia Tech with a true road game in Atlanta at Bobby Dodd. Also, by the way, we have a history of why Georgia Tech is not in the SEC right now. Not why they left, why they're not in there right now. So search our YouTube channel. That video is there. It's got like 2,900 views at the moment. It's, It's a pretty good story. But it all stems from Bobby Dodd really not wanting to go to Mississippi. And that was the whole story. And that's the reason Ole Miss and Georgia Tech has hardly ever played, even though they were in the same conference for 20 years, 30 years. Incredibly interesting story. So defensively, I think this defense is really good. And you saw some fins they are throwing up land sharks, which means they have the confidence to go out there and throw the land sharks. If you remember 2018, and, and I am just angry at Wesley McGriff every day about this, but they couldn't throw the fin up because the defense was so putrid. You're starting to see the fin. You're starting to see the line shot shark, shark swarm. You're starting to see a really quick defense that is sidelined to sidelining. The way this defense has grown from 2020 to now is spectacular. But the question is, is our defense really good? We're not going to necessarily find out anything this week because we should be able to play base and do pretty well against Central Arkansas. We'll see when they go to Atlanta. We'll we'll be able to pick on this defense because we'll see Georgia Tech. There'll be a step up in competition from UCA from Troy. That'll be the hardest game to date. Troy will be a little bit or Tulsa will be a little bit harder than that, and then you have Kentucky and Big Boy football. And we'll be able to find out exactly how good this defense is. And all of these questions being answered, I am so happy because I enjoy it. All of these things. You spend seven months from the Sugar Bowl until Friday asking questions about this team. Now we're finally getting answers. Now, it might not be the answers you were expecting. It might be an answer you wouldn't like. But we are getting answers. And knowing is better than not knowing, people. Knowing is better than not knowing. And, and also remember this. And I'll leave you this before I take a break. We have Derek Gavandi griff right after the break today. It's one thing to be talented. It is quite another to be good. And we are going to find out over the next six weeks how good this team is. We see how talented it is. We get to find out how good they are. And that is really cool to me. I'm really excited about that. Anyway, we're going to take a short break. After we get back, Derek Vandy Griff, talking lines, talking Troy, talking all of that stuff right after this. Stick around. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm here with Derek Vandy Griff. He's here for his weekly segment, it's been a couple of weeks since you um came in, but it's good to have you back, man. How you doing, Derek?
1: Man, doing pretty good. Glad to be back. How about you?
0: Oh, I'm I'm doing absolutely peachy. Um, I'm I've been going through trying to break th- break down this football game as much as I can, and yeah. get as many perspectives as I can. is is pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, it was uh, it was definitely a lot different than what we're used to seeing these last couple years, right? Uh. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like me and you talked about, though, last time I was on here, you know, we we have this stable of running backs that we're really going to be able to lean on. And, you know, in the first half, that's exactly what they did. You know, you you kind of knew what you were going to – or you thought you knew what you were going to get out of Zach Evans, and you got it, and same with Ulysses Bentley. Uh, offensive line played really, really well. They're really physical up front. Uh Quinshawn Judkins, though, man. I mean, good Lord, that that kid's going to be a stud. I mean, they, they better start getting a package ready for him or there's going to be some people – fielding some calls on him this offseason the way he's, the way he runs the ball, you know. I mean, he's, he's able to to find the holes, get to the open field, and and man, if there's somebody in front of him, he's just gonna lower his shoulder, and he's just gonna run plumb through them. you know. I mean, it's a uh, it's a really impressive running style. I think they actually compared it on the uh, on the broadcast to uh, to Mark Ingram, the just kind of the way he's built and the way he runs the ball. You know, I thought that was a really good comparison. Uh, but yeah, he looked great, you know. Uh, and obviously, we got things that that we need to figure out the quarterback position, you know, he didn't look terrible, you know, dark played fine, you know, he overthrew guys, which is kind of what we expected, you know, it's kind of what we kept hearing all the way through the off season and all, uh, but we'll see what Luke has against central Arkansas. And, you know, you, you've still got three weeks to figure it out, but luckily we've got this offensive line, this running game to keep this offense going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this defense, by the way, because they played really well. Kari Coleman was shot out of a can, and we talked about him during the offseason a little bit. This defense has a chance to be um, Landshark-esque, honestly. Yeah, yeah.
1: They they played really, really well. Uh, I, I know me and you had talked about the, the depth and the talent we have on the defensive line, you know. But kind of like you said, Coleman, you know, he's not playing the the down edge position. He's standing up, which is a little bit different for him, you know, and he was – absolutely nails all game for us uh kind of like you said shot out of a cannon another guy that kind of jumped off the page to me that that was kind of the same way was uh, uh Tennyson, you know i mean man when he comes off the edge i mean he is so fast to get into the backfield uh if that running back or tight end doesn't get over there and chipping i mean he's he's at the quarterback before you know it uh i, I was really impressed with him troy brown you know they, he's, he's a really good tackler nothing really just flashes off the page at you but he's really sound and uh JJ Pegues, right? I mean, I mean that kid's gonna be a dude down there for us. He, he's an absolute monster. Seeing the way he moves, as big as he is, uh, but that's that's kind of my takeaway with the entire defense, though. Like I was really impressed. I had high expectations going into the year with this defense. I thought they did a good job in the transfer portal, bringing guys in, guys we had coming back. And uh, man, we we look like a real deal SEC defense out there. They're flying around. They don't miss tackles. You know that's kind of been the the bugaboo for us the last few years on that defense. All the missed tackles we have, and you know we didn't have any of those Saturdays. That was real nice to see. Uh, but yeah, they're they're big. They're fast. They're athletic. And and when they when they get to you, they're they're mad for lack of a better word. I mean they're they're going to put their head down. They're going to deliver a shot.
0: Yeah, it's always good to get answers. We're finally getting answers to questions we've had for like seven months. Um, I'm about to put up a graphic of the SEC Week 2 lines, Derek. Okay. Um, but what what games are you looking forward to seeing in Week 2? Uh, yeah, so some started
1: getting released a little bit. Uh, last night I started thumbing through them a little bit, and, and the first one that I actually got on, was Alabama because I, I see up on your graphic it's 19 and a half at Texas. I actually got 20 and a half. It didn't take long for that thing to start moving. I expect it to keep going up. If you're going to give me less than three touchdowns in Austin with this Alabama team right now, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to jump all over that and already have. That's, that's one of the ones I already have in. Uh, one I'm looking at is that South Carolina and, and Arkansas game. Uh, I, I didn't get to watch much of the South Carolina and uh, Georgia State game this past weekend. I was watching other games. Uh, Arkansas, though, you know they're 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 pretty good. They they had a good showing against Cincinnati. Um, that was one I was on last week. Ended up covering that one at six and a half. So that's that's one that I'm looking at. Fayetteville's just such a tough place to play, and, and I'm not sure South Carolina is going to have enough on it. But I'm going to wait throughout the week see if there's any movement on that one. Uh, let's see, uh, one I'm, uh, another one you have up here that I'm already on, Appalachian State at Texas A&M. Uh, it's actually already moving more in Texas A&M's favor. I got it at uh, 17. Uh, so I, I took Appalachian State there. I was really impressed with them last week against North Carolina. Um, and, and the over there, too, at 53-and-a-half, that's another one that has my eye. App State's just one of those teams, you know, they, they can score. A&M didn't impress me that much before their – Rain delay set in against same Houston State, you know, I think they have some issues and they can't work through them. They probably will. They're incredibly talented. Uh, but if you're going to give me 17 points against or with a team that can score like at state can and run the ball the, the way they can, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take that one too. Uh, Tennessee and Pittsburgh, that is going to be an incredible game. I actually didn't even know they played this week until I was watching the Pittsburgh game. Uh, I guess that was Thursday or Friday night, and they, they were talking about it. Uh, really looking forward to that. There's liable to be, you know, somewhere around 150, 200 points scored in that one, the way those two looked last week. Uh, so that's that's another interesting game. I think last I saw it was all the way up to seven already. So a lot of line movement right there. And the other one that sticks out to me right there, Kentucky at Florida. That's that's going to be a good one. Florida really impressed me this past weekend. Uh you know, Richardson hadn't really showed us much in his career up until last weekend. And, you know, they, they played a really good Utah team. And, and to their credit, they played very, very well. And Richardson was a part, uh, a big reason they were able to pull that off. Uh, so, so that one stands out to me. I, I do like Kentucky right now if you're going to give me points. Uh, but probably a low score in the fair if I had to guess. Uh, Kentucky, you know what you're getting from them, right? It's, it's not going to be anything flashy. You're going to get the grind it out style, but now they've got the big quarterback back there with you now, and uh, and he can make some plays when he needs to. But they're going to sit there and try to run the ball, control the game, and they're going to play really good defense. Uh, that's that's what you're always going to get out of Mark Stoops. So that's that's another real interesting game for uh, for next weekend in the SEC.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I also want to tell everybody that we're going to have a postcast with Derek Vandergriff, is one of our guest analyst him and Tom Vanderford is going to come through and talk about the post-game show of Central Arkansas. It should begin the live stream here on this YouTube channel about 10 o'clock Central, but, you know, that's the reason I say begins around because it could change. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, um, let's move on to UCA since we talked about that postcast a little bit. What are you, what are you looking forward to? What do you want to see um, in the UCA game?
1: Well, I mean, really the big question is how Luke Altmaier is going to end up performing, right? It's, it's, it's the big storyline going into next week, and and you, you probably can't take a lot away from it, but you want him to go in there and actually have control of the game. That's that's kind of the big thing. It doesn't matter who the opponent is, how talented they are, and how, or how talented they are not. You still want them to have that grasp on the game, have control of it, and, and be able to manage it, and that's Luke's strength, right? I mean, he's he's not coming in and going to throw 50-yard bombs downfield all game. He's going to keep the offense on time, keep them in front of the chains, and he's going to make the plays and throws that that are given to him. You know, he's he sits there and he – He's able to check down or, or find the, you know, quick slant over the middle, something like that if you got a cornerback playing off. And, and those are the plays that he makes. He sits there and he nickels and dimes you all the way downfield, and he's really good at it. And he's a lot more athletic than people give him credit for. I think he saw that in the Baylor game last year in the Sugar Bowl. You know, he was running for his life back there, but, but he was still able to make plays. Uh, and, and so that's something that, that I'm real interested in seeing, uh, I'd I like to see a little bit more Ulysses Bentley this week, you know, I I went back and rewatched the game already, and <clears throat> that's one guy that I thought had more carries than, than he actually did. Every time I looked up, it was Evans and Judkins, it seemed like, uh, uh, but from what I've seen from him, though, he was, he looks really athletic out there, can make guys miss, he, he's a big time game breaker, and. You know, going back to the defense, I just want to see more of the same. You know, this is a opponent that we should go in there and that defensive line should absolutely feast on uh Coleman and Cedric Johnson and those guys, you know, should should be able to get to the quarterback several times and, and Paghese and KD Hill and all those guys up front should be able to manhandle that offensive line. So that's what you look for there. And, you know, just make plays in the in the back end of the defense whenever they present themselves.
0: Yes. Absolutely. Anyway, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole podcast your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022, an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. A local team expert on the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey NFL Insiders, all combining into one Ultimate NFL Preview. Search Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Also, we're coming up, um, what should be up now is called Game to Game, SEC Game to Game, to where we go to all the Locked On hosts and all the SEC games, and they give like 60 seconds on there. Um, that should be pretty cool as well. They had a snafu in uploading it last night. We're waiting to see if it gets uploaded today, so it should be pretty good. Anyway, Derek, thank you very much um, for stopping by, and we'll talk to you Saturday, buddy.
1: Yeah, man, can't wait. Hi, toddy. Hotty toddy.